Thank you. Good morning. What a great day to be at church, to be alive in Apple Valley. The summer's coming, the snow's gone. It's funny when you do a baptism, one of the things that are, that I, there's several things that you notice that are just precious to a pastor. When we baptize somebody, uh, we, everybody goes through this side. Okay, and you, I guess it could be men's and women's, but then the men come out in their soggy shorts through that door into everybody. And so this one actually has an exit, but we kind of get out of there fast. And going down the long hallway over to the changing rooms are footprints <laughs> of people that are soaking wet. And pastor helps uh, to add to those footprints. And I looked at that this morning and I went, those are good footprints. That's a blessing. And then I went and tried to put dress socks on wet feet. And <clears throat> that's always uh, interesting. Somebody said, why don't you wear the waders? Well, there's a couple reasons I don't wear the waders. Uh, I like to experience baptism with them. I, I like to get wet. Well, just in general, not always. But when I'm in the baptismal tank, I feel like that's a part of me that's agreeing with them also. We talked this morning to Oscar, and I said, uh, I'm going to go in there with you because that's like me getting... I affirm that also every time I go in there. Plus, if I put on waders, I want to catch a trout or a salmon. And so that's kind of how that goes with that. Open your Bibles to John 3. I had to, I'm out of breath. I had to run and get my mom's Bible. It is Mother's Day. And I realized just, a, just minutes ago that I had my dad's Bible. Well, that won't work. I want my mom's Bible today. That's actually, it's kind of a thing to me. But open your mom's Bible or your dad's Bible or your Bible to John chapter 3, we'll start in verse 3. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which was born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do, ma do not marvel what I say to you. You must be born again. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. Lord, thank you for Jesus and his instruction, not just to Nicodemus, but to us, about our faith and our salvation and our future in him. In Christ's name. Nicodemus was a, smart, was a real smart guy. All right, Nicodemus was probably the rabbi of Capernaum or the Galilee. He, he was the top-ranking Jewish official of the synagogue in that area. And he may have been visiting. But in either, in either event, he was spending some time there because he was interested in Jesus. And he started to have a relationship with Jesus. And he understood how birth works. All right, it's Mother's Day. So, of course, we're going to talk about babies and moms and birth. Nicodemus understood how that went. Being a high-ranking synagogue Jewish leader, he was married. He probably had a family. Those of us that are husbands that have experienced our wives with birth know that sometimes it's a pleasure to be there. Sometimes we're just in the way. I, I don't know about the 50s and the 60s, those good old days when they sat in the waiting room and passed out cigars. All right, with my kids, I caught. And that was an experience that Sherry and I have that's shared for the rest of our lives. But it's not about me, is it? The star of the show that day is mom. She's the one that's performing. And Nicodemus understood where babies come from and how it was to be born. And he's scratching his head here because Jesus is telling him something that seems ridiculous. You must be born again. 
Nicodemus thought he understood birth and his wife and how that works. He also thought he understood the kingdom and how that works. The kingdom, after all, was for Israel. And he was Jewish and he was part of Israel. And the kingdom was established in their minds for Israel. And if they did the right things and kept the laws and did everything they were supposed to, God would honor that and they would become part of that kingdom. But Jesus is teaching him something here that's completely absurdly new to him. To have life in the kingdom, Jesus said, you have to start over. You have to start over again, the same as being born again. It's that great of a start over. Can you imagine, those of us that are over 60, if you could be born again? Literally, would you do it? Who would do it? I would. I'll, I'll take a second shot at it. The, some people, a couple of people. Who would not want to be born again? Phys physically, not spiritually, all right? That's how Nicodemus was taking it. It's like, how is that possible? I'm old. He said, I'm old. Can you enter a second time in your mother's womb? Everyone that was born of a woman, everyone. As we wrestle with... In 2023, this is not the first time that people have wrestled with gender identity and society. All right, this is, we're living in Rome. Rome was just like this. Rome was great until Rome started to eat itself alive and eventually it disintegrated. I don't know what's going to happen with this, but I can tell you that it still holds true to God's word and life that babies are born of women. The first time that I hear that a dude has delivered a dude, then I'll know I'm on the wrong planet. All right, because on this planet, in God's way, women have babies. And Nicodemus knew that. From the first child from Cain to the child that was just born three seconds ago, every single baby that's born is born to a woman. And women are baby-making machines. It's amazing because they actually create a life inside of them. They actually create a member of the opposite sex inside of them. It's completely random. When, when Sherry was expecting with our first, um, there was many theories about how to ensure if you have a boy or a girl, you should, you should eat eggs or onions or uh, do yoga, floor yoga, or maybe hang from a tree, or, uh, do, uh, or do something. And it's all absurd, because you really can't determine the sex of a baby, can you? Even the host, even the mother, can't carry. Rachel and RJ, our, our daughter is expecting in August, and just two weeks ago we went to a, a reveal party, and, and they popped blue confetti. And so we're having a little boy, and it was pretty fun, but Rachel... Didn't get to deter. I, I wanted four. I want four boys from her. Um, I don't know if she's up for that or not exactly, but but I figure that we're on a roll because we got one. All right, so just three more left, and then we'll be good. I've actually even told her their names. She's not thrilled with my name choice either. But Randy, Rudy, Robert, Douglas, and Rex. It's good, huh? Rex is a little one. He'll be the toughest one. She's not buying into any of that. But we are having a boy. You know, I, I don't know. There was people there. They had little blue things, little blue clips and little pink clips. All right, what were you rooting for? All right, and it really is only determined by Jesus, by God the Father, who opens the womb and determines 
the sex of the child that's in the mother. That birth is reality. And we can see that birth and touch it. And it's nice. And the baby, I mean, it's always that baby's perfect. Oh, she's so perfect. You know, it doesn't take long until that baby's sin nature rears its ugly head. And instantly they, you realize that not only are they human, but they have a spiritual nature that contains a sin nature. And babies don't have to go long into childhood until they start to disobey you and rebel. You know what that's called? It's called practicing sin. That's what they're doing. They're practicing it. Are they accountable for their sin yet? Not yet, but they're working on it. All right, they're learning how to rebel, how to be selfish, how to want what they want and how to get what they want and how to wrap dad, especially dad, around their finger and get what they want from that. And the human nature, that sin nature, is harder to spot at first, isn't it? It's a little harder to spot because when you look at that little baby, oh, he's perfect. He's so perfect. Look at him. It's like, stand by. The perfectness is fading and the child is becoming human very fast. Sin nature will rear its head. And Nicodemus, Nicodemus here was familiar with the sin nature. He was the, the senior leading rabbi of the area. The rabbis were the ones that ensured the sacrificial system under Jewish, under Jewish tradition. The rabbis were the ones that, that helped the priests do the sacrifices that helped them understand so it was correct and taking, because you sinned, the nation of Israel was sin, and, per, and personal sin, you had to take an animal and kill it and shed blood. And Nicodemus was familiar that everyone needed to do that in all of Israel. There wasn't one person who didn't need to sacrifice for sin because all had sinned. And he realized that. He was part of that. He may have understood the futility that had become in the first century of that sacrificial system, that people were not thinking, they weren't weeping over the dove or the lamb or, or the little bird that they had killed for their sin. They had no regret, no remorse. It was just routine. They went, they slaughtered, they went, they sinned. It was secular. And perhaps Nicodemus understood the futility of that, that maybe that's not accomplishing it, you see? That's why in the fullness of time, Christ came. Because the other way wasn't working because people had gotten used to killing stuff as a routine for their sin. And Nicodemus had some questions about that. And he didn't necessarily understand what they were talking about. But Jesus was going to help him see the truth. Jesus always helps us understand, doesn't he? He's going to give Nicodemus a little insight here that children are born with three natures. Children are born with a physical body. And that physical body and an emotional presence and a spiritual side. As human beings, we have three dynamics to our lives. We have a body. We have emotional stuff. It is, who, it is how we are. It is our emotions. It's how we feel about stuff. And we have a spiritual side. The body is the part that the mother nurtures. Right? As Mother's Day come about, I would be amiss if I didn't say, thanks, Mom, for nurturing us for caring for us, for feeding for us, for cleaning us, for taking care of us, for even later in life, for being there for us. A mother loves, cares, and guides her child. And that's the physical side that mother, that mother nurtures. The emotional presence. Sometimes our emotional presence I, I get from my parents. All right, sometimes I will do stuff and go, dang, that's exactly what my mom would have said. Right? 
I'm just like, and then I see my kids. And it's amazing that my kids can be like their grandparents. That's exactly what your grandpa did. Your grandma was just like that. I see it in my kids. And that nature, part of it is learned, I'm sure. My mom taught me to stress out. I'm not sure that I would know how to stress if it wasn't for her. Um, I don't know if that's natural or learned behavior, but my mom could, could turn stress into anxiety and then have stress about the anxiety and then, and then have anxiety over the anxiety and then realize instantly there's something else she should be stressing about. And, and I think I learned that from her. I'm not sure, but I've practiced it so much in my life that now that I am a believer and I love Jesus, he is helping me to unlearn that behavior and how to cast my cares on him because he cares for me and how to alleviate some of that stress realizing that there's things that I should be worried about and there are things that are completely out of my control that when I stress about that, I just create anxiety within myself. That's learned behavior and that is part of my emotions. Right? And, and I can better myself in that or I can undo myself in that, but it kind of is up to me. The body can be worked out. You can go to the gym and you can see results. The emotion, you can get some, you can get in the word. You can get some counsel. You can help yourself and you can better yourself in that. But the spiritual side of you is often in 2023 and throughout history ignored as a part of you that isn't really a part of you. You'll see ads on TV for your emotional wellness, right? Either, either a shop that you go to or a pill that you take that will help you stabilize. You'll see ads on TV for 24-hour fitness and buy a bike and ride and hike to this and do that. You'll see television, you'll see the ads promoting physical and emotional wellness. But when was the last time that you saw an ad that said your spiritual health is in trouble, you need God's word? Right? We just came back from Tahoe and, and in, the other, in the other state up north, I actually saw some ads on TV for church. I went, wow, I'm still on the same planet, right? I'm just in a little, little different place in Southern California. I don't recall the last time I saw an ad for a church on Channel 7. It would be unusual, wouldn't it? Your, your physical side, you get one shot at being born. One shot. Your emotional side, you get several efforts at it. You can, make a, you can make a lifetime out of making efforts of bettering yourself. Your spiritual side has limited amounts of opportunity. You have an opportunity to come to Christ today. You may have an opportunity to come to Christ tomorrow. But the day after that may be your last day and you're out of opportunities. There's a limited number of opportunities that you have to come to Christ when it comes to your spiritual side. The wind blows. Jesus is going to give Nicodemus an example here of how it works. Verse 18. Verse 8, I'm sorry. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. When the wind blows, you know it's blowing. But you can't really pinpoint where it came from or where it went. Your spiritual side is that way. You know it's there and it's strong. But you have to trust Jesus in order to come in contact with your spiritual, with your spiritual self. Spiritual rebirth is unseen and yet it is the most powerful condition that changes lives. 
You can exercise your body and change your body. You can exercise your emotional health and change your emotional health. But when you exercise your spiritual self and come to Christ, it actually changes who you are and how you are, character change. You go from a taker to a giver. This world is a greedy world. It's about how much you can get. Get all you can, can all you get, set on the lid, poison the rest. How much can I get? And how much of a part of yours can I get? It's a greedy world. And people who come to Jesus realize that they now want to be a giver. They come as a taker and they leave as a giver. Jesus talked about the widow in Mark 12. The widow had two mites. They were standing in the temple and the rich man was throwing coins into the bucket. Look at me. And he made a lot of noise and he's throwing coins. I watched a basketball player last week give a million dollars to something. And it's like, wow, a million bucks. I promise you this. He gave a million dollars. He didn't give the million dollars. And that's great. I'm all for people giving and donating and stuff. However, the rich man in the synagogue was not giving all of his money. And Jesus wasn't impressed. And a little widow came up and had two pennies. Actually, the real value, the street value of that in 2023 is an eighth of a penny. Her two mites, a mite, is one sixty-fourth of a denarius. A denarius was a day's wage. So it's one sixty-fourth of a day's wage. And she had two little pennies, two little coins, the smallest coins in Israel, a mite. And she only had two. And she took those two and she put them into the bucket. And nobody even noticed but Jesus. And Jesus said, she has given more. And they didn't understand it because to them, what about the guy that gave all this? You know, it wasn't that it wasn't worthless to her. I promise you that those two mites in that day would have breaded her children. Would have fed her children for that day. It wasn't that they didn't have value or that they were worthless. She gave something that was of more value to her, her children's feed. And she gave it because that's what the Lord had laid on her heart. I can promise you one thing that I don't know from Scripture, but that I know. Her children didn't go hungry that night because Jesus saw that heart. And God cares for his children that are obedient even when it seems ridiculous. How could she give those two mites instead of buying bread? Because she was obedient. (laughs) The wind blows where it wishes. The Holy Spirit guides where he wants to and does what he wants to. And he turns a taker into a giver, a liar into an honest person. Listen, I'm an only child. I was raised in a house to where if it was somebody's fault, it was mine. All right, that'll teach you to lie. All right, if you want to be a practice liar, be an only child where things were, and didn't be a little destructive, right? I am always a little bit destructive. I don't mind wrecking a car. It, it just happens. It, it, it happens to me, all right? I don't know. It was always my fault, all right? And, and I learned to fib, okay? I learned to lie at an early age, all right? Because after all, if it's always your fault, um, that can't be uh, the norm, Right? And so I would lie. Turns a liar into an honest pitter, a cheater into a comforter. It goes from desolation to an abundant life. 
When we accept Jesus, we become a sinner to a saint. John 3, in verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you ever wondered why we love our children? Why does a mother love her children? Why? Why does a father love his children? Why? I mean, animals don't. I, we, we've, we've raised critters and stuff, and, and, and we'll have a litter of something, and, and maybe you have eight pups and two die, all right? And the mom just keeps on trucking, right? It's not that, that, that animals don't experience loss or grieve for a while. I don't, I don't know what they, their memories are short, all right? But a, mo, a, a, a dog has six pups and two die. She just takes care of the other six and just moves on, right? All right, if you had twins and one passes away, you carry that your whole life, right? Some of you have experienced that, and there's no healing from that. You might learn how to get through it, but you never get over that, do you? It's difficult. Why do we love our children the way that we do? It's because God ingrained that into our DNA that we love our children, just like he loved his son. We cannot take for granted for an instant that God didn't love his son any different than we love our children. In fact, the reason we love our children is because of God. And he loved us so much that he gave his son. I would like to think, as a believer, as your pastor, as a human, that uh, I love you enough that if the zombies came, or the Russians, whoever, and we were on trial at gunpoint, and they were going to kill you, but I could substitute, I would like to think that I would stand in for you. The Bible says no greater love than a man who lays down a life for a friend. All right, that isn't necessarily talking about dying. It's talking about giving up your life. But let's just say the zombies are here, all right, and, and I have a chance to take your place at a death squad. Would you do it for me? Would I do it for you? I would hope so. As my brother in Christ, I would hope so. I would hope that, that I realize that this is for God and for honor and that he will honor this and this is for my brother or sister in Christ and I would like to think that I would give my life up for you. However, I have some sons and if it came down to them or you, I'm going to give you the best funeral ever because <laughs> I'm not giving you my son. I'm sorry. I don't have it in me. Take me, Right? But there's no way you're getting one of my kids. You're going to die. Sorry. How much did God love you? He got over that gap. He's better than I am. Because I wouldn't sacrifice my son for you. Maybe myself, I would hope. But God said, I will give my son so that you can be born again, so that you can experience salvation. I'll give my son, the one I love the most, he gave him that none should perish. Jesus was born like everybody else, of a woman, just like everybody else. That's how God decided to send him to the planet. He's going to experience birth like everybody else. Of course, he was without a sin nature, but don't think that that exempted him from being tempted in every way. Right? Before I got saved, I smoked cigarettes, Marlboro Reds. All right, I like Marlboro Reds. They're like $11 a pack now. Praise God for deliverance from that. Can you imagine? But sometimes, when I'm in my car, it's funny, I'd be in my car, and somebody in the next car will light up, and I'll go, oh, that smells so 
I'll follow that guy home. All right? No, I don't. But you know what? That's a little temptation, isn't it? All right? It's temptation that I just smell it. Smell is actually one of the greatest uh, 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 reminders of memory. It's smell. And I'll smell that guy lighting up a cigarette and go, wow, I could do that too. I could do that. My dad always said one thing the Meisners are good at is smoking. I don't know if that's something you get good at or not. Um, I enjoyed it until I didn't. The truth is, is that we are tempted in every way. Was Jesus tempted like that? In every way we are. He was tempted in every way, and yet he didn't sin. Ever. We have eternal life. Everyone that believes in Jesus' redemptive work has a new human spirit. You will have peace with God. How do I know? Because God's word said so. God's word tells me that if I come to Jesus, I will have peace with God. All right, how do I know that? Because God gave us his word. If I give you my word, I'll see you at three o'clock. All right, I give you my word. That means that as a, as a man, a man's only as good as his word, right? If I give you my word, I'm going to do everything I can to do and be where I told you I was going to be at three o'clock, right? That's my word. All right, God's word is more than just this, Bi it is this Bible. We call this God's word, but what this really is, is God's word. He gave us his word that what he said he will follow through on. If I tell you I'm going to be somewhere at 3 p.m., I might get in a wreck. It's possible. I might break down. I might get sick. I might get sidetracked. I might die. Right? I may not be good to my word because I'm human and I can't make that, but I promise you, if God gave you his word, he is going to come through on it. And God gave his word that to have peace with him, you will have to have Jesus Christ. To have direction in life. How do I know? How do I know what my direction in life is? Christians tell me all the time, I heard, I heard directions that this is what God wanted me to do. It's like you heard in a voice? Did you? Because I hear through God's word. All right, make sure that what you're not hearing is your inner voice doing what you want to do. All right, it's not that God can't speak to you. I'm not telling you what God will and won't do. But I can tell you that God gave us his word to help guide us through it. But the problem is, is that understanding this word and having an, an, an illuminated spirit to this word requires a commitment to Jesus Christ. Well, those that have God's word will have eternal life. And we have his word. Everyone that doesn't believe is going to be condemned by God. You have his word. Be separated from God forever. You have his word. There'll be consequences for rejecting Christ. And this is a judgment. The light has come into the world and the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Everyone gets to be born once. That's a blessing from God. Even people who don't love God, that don't know God, are blessed to be born once. Everyone will see the light. Everyone will see the light. Many will choose the darkness instead. I just read it in God's word. The light's shining brightly and people choose to go to the darkness because they don't want to repent from their sin because sin is powerful and selfishness is a powerful sin. And God's ways are higher than ours and harder. But we know one thing. We know from Matthew 7, if you recollect two months ago, we talked about Matthew 7, that the gate is narrow, but it's well lit. It's well lit, and everybody can see it. 
And they choose not to go into it. We just, I told you, we just got back from Tahoe and uh, some friends of ours gave us a vacation in Lake Tahoe and, and we left last Monday and Sherry and I slept in. It was kind of late and, and we didn't really leave for Tahoe until about, it was after lunch. And so I realized we're not getting there till dark. And we actually got around Lake Tahoe and the sun was going down. It was perfect. Sherry loves sunsets. And, and we saw the sunset and the oranges and the pinks and the blues going down over Lake Tahoe. And it was beautiful. But by the time we found our, our condo that we were going to, it was dark. And the problem with, with Tahoe is that there's no streetlights. And I realized, and in the process of that, I'd broke, a mirror, I'd broke the driver's side mirror on my truck. All right. So I had it zip tied and duct taped. And... Because I didn't want to, Sherry has a little car, right? And I have a four-wheel drive truck, all right? I don't want to take the truck to Tahoe, right? I don't want to take the C-Max. The C-Max only gets 60 miles to the gallon. The truck gets less. And, <laughs> and I wanted to take my truck. And so backing in, and then I realized when we got to this that I needed to back in, in the dark, into this gate to get in this hole to unload. And I couldn't see. And, and I, I was going, Sherry, turn on your phone or something, all right? It's dark. I can't see where the gate is. And I finally got in, and I, I got parked, and I realized when I opened the door and jumped out that it was about a three-foot drop. And fortunately, the fat guy landed on his feet and grabbed the steering wheel. But the steering wheel was up here, all right? And then after we unloaded, I realized, I don't know, I can get back in this truck. And, and it was, I had to find a step to help help get back in my truck. It was hard because the gate was dark and I couldn't see. But Matthew 7 tells us that the gate is well lit and everyone can see it. They choose not to drive into it. It's not hard. It's not hard to get there. However, the gate is open and people are not choosing. Choose to enter and give Christ your life. Verse 21, but whoever does what is true, light comes, but whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out by God. Those that come to Christ will be reborn immediately. Today, on Mother's Day, 2023, is the right day to come to Christ. Today. And I can't offer you to be reborn like a new little baby to your mom. All right, but we can offer you to be reborn spiritually and come to Christ. Jesus can offer a new beginning to you today on May 14th, 2023. It's a new day. It's a great day to have a spiritual birthday. It's a great day for your spirit to be reborn. If you have not met Jesus as your Savior, this is the day to come to him. Christian, if you have been disobedient, in any way to Jesus. This is a great day to repent and recommit yourself to having that life with Jesus. It is better than hiding in the darkness. Christian, you've been delivered from the darkness. Why are you hiding in it? Whoever does what is true comes to the light every single time. After this service, my office is always open. I'll be in there if you want to talk about anything. We'll have a time of song. Carrie's going to come and we're going to sing a song. And if you'd like to come and walk up here and talk to me, that's great. I'll be here. Any way that you need to talk about Jesus to come to Christ, we are here. Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for the blessings of our moms, of the life that you've given us both physically and spiritually, Lord. I pray that we will come to you day by day by day, that we will realize that we belong to you and you belong to us. Just like a mother and a child, you are there for us always. Help us to please you and honor you with all we do. In Christ Jesus' name.